Hello, I'm Sam Pout and I am one of the new voices of The Stagey Place. I'm a writer, dramaturg and director and I'm currently the literary officer at Omnibus Theatre in South London. This is my first episode for The Stagey Place. This episode features myself and Scott Lacrasse, director, dramaturg and theatre maker from Birmingham, now based in London. Scott is a really good friend so it was lovely to sit down with him in the Omnibus Theatre and chat to him about all the work that he gets up to. We talk about the different projects Scott is working on right now, the show he sees directing in the future, as well as generally discussing what we both enjoy about theatre and the relationship between actors and the audience. Scott is such an interesting person and such a lovely person, so please, wherever you are, on a bus, on a walk, in a bath, who knows, wherever you are, relax and join me and Scott for a lovely chat. Hi, Scott. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm very good, how are you? Good, yeah, I'm not bad, thank you. How's your morning been? What have you been up to? Just doing admin. Life admin, work admin, yeah. Lovely. So, let's talk about you. Introduce yourself as if we've never met. Who are you? never met. My name's Scott Lacrosse. I am wearing a green cardigan, dark blue jeans, trainers. I've got short, dark brown hair. I've got uh, a tash. A bit of stubble and I've got a nose piercing and an earring as well. Uh, so that's a little bit about what I look like. Mm. I'm Sam, I'm male, I've got brown hair, brown short hair with stubble, a cream jumper, black trainers and black trousers. Um, and we're both sitting opposite each other in the Omnibus Theatre space. I am a director, dramaturg, theatre maker of sorts. I grew up in Birmingham, I was actually born in Bristol. But kind of Birmingham has a very sort of... It kind of has my heart. I think there's a warmth about Birmingham. Yeah. And about the people. I know I'm biased. Yeah. I think that there's something about it as a place. I think there's something quite comforting about it. Really interesting community. Uh, it's very mixed in terms of the types of people that there are in Birmingham. Culturally very rich mm. and dynamic. It's a really lovely place to go back to. Mm. Um, lovely. So you're a director... Yeah. Uh, dramaturg and theatre maker. Well, tell me about like the theatre that you do make. Kind of like what what do you like doing? Oh, it's really varied. A real mixture of stuff. I got into directing um, when I was an actor, and I arts head. Did you arts head? Yeah, yeah, I was at arts head. I went back the year after I graduated to assist on a third year show, and I really enjoyed it. And it was a new play that the director had also written. So it's a really interesting uh, insight into how a play evolves through a rehearsal process. Mm-hmm. And obviously there was, there was a, a new draft before we got into rehearsals from, that I'd previously read. Uh, so it was, that was a really interesting um, introduction to new writing and new work. And I th- think that that sparked my interest a lot in telling stories that people hadn't heard before. And then the, the, the kind of direction of work has sort of changed, evolved. I do a lot of work um, for a theatre company. I'm an associate director um, for a theatre company called Pleasure Dome Theatre, based in Exmoor. It's coming up for eight years. Our first production was eight years, nearly eight years ago, and it was the Scottish play. Yes. Can't say yeah. it. Can't say it. We're in a theatre at the moment. We're, We're the bus. We can't say it. Can't say yeah. And that was really interesting. It was a bit of a baptism of fire because I had never done open air theatre before. Yeah. And neither had the producer. Uh. So we were kind of just, we were winging it, but with a lot of kind of goodwill and creativity thrown in. 
So that's been really interesting. So I've, over the last sort of seven years with them, I've, I've really developed making work for outdoor spaces and non-traditional theatre spaces, mixed with act musicians and work with uh, community ensembles as well. And that's another strand to what I really enjoy, work with and for communities. Mm. My focus quite the last sort of couple of years has been sometimes intentional, sometimes unintentional, true stories. Something about it, I've, I, I kind of, I looked at se- several projects that I had running at the same time. There's um, a similarity here, very, very different stylistically, but a similarity. And I, I think that I'm interested in that. And I've been thinking about kind of more queer work as well which has been a bit of interest to me for a long time mm. but in the last sort of year and a half and going forwards into next year I'm going to be directing some more kind of queer-led work it's always been important to me and I have directed queer-led work before but yeah. it's kind of I don't know if it's been a conscious thing but the last year it's, I've been really thinking about that type of work more mm. going into next year I've got several pieces that I'm going to be working on that are, have got queer voices at the kind of forefront. Maybe it's because it's something to do with kind of getting older and, and feeling a b- bit more um, empowered mm-hmm. to talk about what it is to be queer and explore queerness and present it on stage. Mm. And yeah, I think something about being empowered, I guess. Yeah, finding the ability yeah. to talk about it and, what, and what, you, what you think about it as well. Absolutely. And also not just presenting one type of queer voice yeah or a queer voice that we see a lot for me I'm interested in kind of going beyond that I think it was about five years ago I work quite closely with a writer called Leon Fleming and when it became sort of public knowledge or or widely more widely reported in the news about the concentration camps in Chechnya Leon and I immediately had a conversation he said when we said we need we feel like we need to make something that feels immediate and is responding to what's happening and that was really exciting because I, I feel like and I get because of programming you're not always able to respond quite immediately to things yeah. and we within the space of a month the whole process the, the play had been written it had been cast it had been rehearsed it had been marketed staged all of that stuff within a month and I think that was felt like a real achievement in terms of being active and vocal about queer rights, yeah. human rights. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think as well now, currently, the conversation is very much mainstreamed now as well. So I think the ability to talk about it, feeling more safe to, and as if it will be more accepted mm. or more considered nowadays than it was like five years ago, for example, I think that's been quite a quick kind of eruption, hasn't it? So maybe yeah. that's why as well. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. It's brilliant to see more kind of queer-led work. Yeah. And also more queer work that is sort of joyful and uplifting because queer work mm-hmm. can often be quite sort of trauma-based. That is kind of linked to some of the work that I have made and am going to make. I think it's really important that joyful stories are celebrated, but I also see the value of the stories that are a bit heavier. Yeah, that, that, because th- there is trauma that is carried yeah, with it. Yeah. There's relevance and, and value in both yeah. of those things. I think when then you're talking about what does the audience need? Mm. And so I think currently the audience needs a mode of art, for example, theatre, where they can kind of purge their feelings when they're outside of theatre. So like normal day life, all the mm. anxieties that 
currently, like we're living within and what's happening around the world is very much kind of a burden on how we're feeling and what we're thinking. And so I think nowadays, specifically looking at the recent Vaults programme and programming around London and the country and Edinburgh and everything, I think a lot of the pieces are very much offering an audience the opportunity to experience a catharsis, which is interesting. And I think that it's really interesting when you kind of look back in theatre, you kind of like, that was the kitchen sink, that was the in-your-face period, that was kind of like the kind of noughties period where we've kind of got um, constellations and lungs and kind of like quite stripped back and kind of post-traumatic. And now I think it's all of that. It's kind of like the very kind of cathartic, joyful, celebratory theatre, which is very inclusive. And mm. I think that's happening now. It's funny you say that. Uh, so one of the pieces that I'm currently working on, which is which opens in a couple of weeks, it's, it's the epitome of in-your-face theatre. Uh-huh. So it's actually, it's going against that catharsis. But in a way... Interestingly, for me, as a as a reader in when I first read it in twenty twenty, the significance of of that play, uh, the play's Harry's Christmas by Stephen Burkhoff, mm-hmm. the significance of that play felt different reading it in twenty twenty, because of the way the world that we were and are living in. It's very direct. The piece it could be perceived as being a bit bleak. It is bleak, actually. It's a bleak play. However. I think that there is something for me that I want to communicate in the play because the the play focuses around male mental health and loneliness and isolation, which I think is something that a lot of people can identify with. And the aim of presenting it is not to make people feel miserable, but for them to, if they are feeling like that, or if they suspect that or feel or get that someone else might be feeling like that, to reconnect and to have a conversation with them. For me, I like theatre that, not always, but theatre that can go beyond the room. And what I mean by that is that it's a conversation that goes outside of the space and it ignites something in people. Yeah. And I think with Harry's Christmas, it's, it's direct. It really digs down into some very big ideas about loneliness mm. and about what that does to people mm. and the effects of it. My personal perspective, I think there's something in it that we can take from a play like that in 2022, through the lens of 2020, 2021, yeah, 2022, yeah. and see it in a slightly different way. I think it sounds cathartic, for it, sure. And that I, I think I kind of seeing a mirror of yourself is definitely a cathartic experience, or can be, in in kind of because it makes you kind of realise something, and kind of I think kind of that kind of revelation mm-hmm. would unlock a new understanding of what it's like to be you or actually you're not alone in what you're feeling Mm. there's avenues where you can reach out and talk to other people and actually it's not what you're feeling isn't strange or out of the ordinary it's actually a very normal thing you are experiencing and we are doing the production in aid of calm as well is that the king's head yeah Yeah, the king's head yeah yeah. we open on the 6th of december we run to the 24th yeah it's a three-week run yeah it's on at various times I guess as well what's quite nice about the timing so a lot of the performances are 9pm but it's 70 minutes straight through so mm-hmm. you could kind of go for dinner yeah. go for a couple of drinks and then watch a show it feels quite yeah. nice yeah. it's a rarely performed piece as well and mm-hmm. that for me is always exciting pieces that people might have forgotten about Yeah, 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 um, yeah. when we think about Burkhoff's work we don't necessarily think about Harry's Christmas it was really interesting how that sort of has evolved mm. in terms of making it happen it sounds really interesting well in that it kind of 
There's so many Christmas carols everywhere. Every Christmas. I love the story. I always watch Jim Carrey's Christmas Carol. But that play is kind of like looking at depression and kind of like... Yes, Scrooge isn't exactly the most likeable character at the start, but his depression is kind of like deserved in that he's not a very nice person. Mm. Is it talking about similar things and that kind of like within the kind of joy and celebration of Christmas and the kind of like the warmth, there is also a coldness and an isolation outside of it. So it kind of like, is it offering a new lens of kind of like that idea of Christmas? The lens and the perspective is it, it focuses on someone who is in the room by themselves in the, yeah. with their own space trying to connect with people yeah. hoping that um, a card will come through the door and they obsessively count their cards and talk about their cards yeah. and put their cards up and ex- uh, they have interactions with their mother just in those kind of exchanges can't quite say to anybody I'm lonely I'm by myself I see he kind of tries to reconnect with an ex and it's so it takes place over several days in the run up to Christmas until Christmas Day, where he's completely by himself. It's quite contrasting to a Christmas Carol in yeah. the fact that in Christmas Carol, Scrooge's journey from beginning to end is it ends quite sort of joyous because he has that revelation about his life yeah. and what he needs to change. So it starts in a in a place of kind of heaviness. He doesn't see his own flaws, whereas with Harry in Harry's Christmas, he starts off in a in a space where you know that there is a crisis and it just becomes more heavy because it's a reality for some people and I think yeah. that's a really important thing is it is a reality yeah. so after after here I'm going to rehearsals so we're rehearsing this afternoon and it is a, it's an interesting thing as well because I, I've worked on quite a lot of one person shows and Harry's Christmas is a one person show and I'm trying something on this that I've never done before in terms of the connection with the audience okay because something i really like when i'm at work is about how that one person connects to an audience and who they imagine the audience to be and in this i'm trying something that i've not done before in terms of how they connect so we're, we're exploring something that the, the way in which he connects with us as an audience, as a, as a viewer, as a bystander, changes from scene to scene. And there's shifts in what that connection is. By contrast, I'm also working on a one-person, noughties, themed, karaoke panto. Yeah. Here. At Omnibus. It's called Cinderella. Mm-hmm. And it's completely camp. It might be chaotic. Yeah. It's very unpredictable. You've got a fun guest as well. Oh, we've got an amazing lineup of guests. We've mm. got nine guest performers. So there's a different performer every night. There's a yeah. different performer every night. No performer ever does the show twice. It's brilliant because I love the concept of it. I've worked with the writer Tom before. Tom Riles. Tom yeah. Riles. I worked with them on a, a piece that we staged last year at Camden People's Theatre called Education, Education, Karaoke, mm-hmm. which also had a karaoke, um, a very strong karaoke element to it. After that show, we were chatting about our, our mutual love of panto. And then we were like, why don't we do a one-person panto? So, and that, now it's happened. It's a reality. Yeah. Yeah, we've been working sort of over the past couple of months, kind of having chats about what the piece would be, bringing together the performers. Yeah, it's a really exciting idea. I like the fact that it's unpredictable. Mm. The performer doesn't have any rehearsal. They're prepped on what the piece will be yeah. in a kind of broad sense. So they get a sense of who the characters are 
and that we have like a little cheat sheet for them. So just a few little things, but they don't see the script. The first time that they see the script is when they walk into the space. Brilliant. Yeah, and it's it's just it's fun. It's light hearted. Yeah. It's um with this karaoke party afterwards. The show is only an hour. Yeah. Like in, in any pante, there are songs that are naughty's songs. If you're, you're listening and watching quite closely, there are some references that are cleverly weaved into the play. Yeah. So it's just a real fun night. That's also one person as well. Very different in terms of how we approach it to Harry's Christmas. But I like the nature of one person shows. Is it the relation, that connection, what you were talking about, the relationship? I'm really interested in how a performer, an actor, an actress connects to an audience. I, I'm just fascinated by it, really. Mm. And I also like the intimacy of rehearsing a piece just with one other person. What, what's the rehearsal room like? Is it you, them, SM, producer? It varies. So as much as possible, I try and keep the room as few people in it and then slowly sort of build up the amount of people that might be in the room. So my last production, Rose, which was on in September, October. Yeah. So we opened at the Hope Mill Theatre in Manchester and then we, we did two weeks there and then we went to the Park Theatre for five weeks. And that was really interesting because a lot of the time it was myself and Maureen in the room with our DSM and our stage manager. Yeah. Generally, there were about four people in the room. And then... Our wonderful sound designer, Julian Starr, would come in and observe how it was evolving and then slowly start to feed in bits of sound. And then we would have, like, some... Then maybe the producers would come in, Mm. the lighting designer would come in, and the set designer would come in. It was still quite a small room. Yeah. By contrast, Harry's Christmas at the moment, it's mainly Stephen and myself Stephen Smith the rehearsal today we're working with Julian the sound designer so Julian starts also designing the sound for this and doing the composition of which he also did the composition on Rose as well that's a much smaller room and we'll bring our stage manager in next week each piece needs different things at different points Mm. budgets are different on different shows so when you can bring people in is varied so to recap, because I want everyone to know kind of like exactly when. Harry's Christmas. 6th till the 24th, December. Uh, yes. At King's Head. Cinderella, 1st to the 17th at Omnibus Theatre. Yes. Yeah? Uh, yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Thursday, Friday, Saturdays. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so nine performances of Cinderella. Nine performances, yeah. So limited run. Limited Very run. Very limited. Yeah. Which is great. It's nice that you've got those two things to kind of balance your December. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. That's yeah, it's good. good. It that is good. nice. Well, thank you for joining me. You thank you for welcome. having this conversation with me. It's been lovely to hear about you. As a plot point, so this, this podcast is called The Stage of Place. Mm-hmm. At the end of every kind of like chat that we have on here, we ask you, our guests, what your stagey place is. It can be anywhere, literally anything, where you feel most stagey. So it could be a theatre... It could be, mine is like where I kind of like write, for example. So what like cafe corners, like the comfy cafe corners where you imagine kind of like working towards something. It could be literally anything. So what is your, what's your stagey place? My stagey place would be a theatre auditorium before an audience come in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we're teching, so when you're seeing the mechanics of everything and things kind of coming together technically. It's interesting, I I was at a theatre the other day and looking around and the artistic director showed me into the the main auditorium and 
they were teching for a show and it wasn't my show but it was really interesting just being in an environment and just seeing a tech happen and mm. we just sat in the auditorium for about 10 minutes just watching it go yeah and I love a tech I love I love techs yeah. I really really love techs yeah. so I like being in a tech yeah. Being in an auditorium before the audience get in and seeing it come together. Like where we are now. Like where we are now. So currently we are sitting in the Omnibus Theatre with the set for Richard II, which has been at Omnibus for uh, November. And it's really interesting. We're kind mm. of sat halfway between the audience space and the stage space. So we're kind of like in that little liminal kind of area, which is really interesting. But no, I agree. It is. I love a tech day. Because even at school, I remember people kind of like hated it because you just like sat around and did nothing. But I just loved watching the mechanics. I loved watching the anxiety of the teacher trying to juggle everything. (laughs) I loved the idea of being on standby for your scene. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of loved the waiting of it and being like, okay, so I'm just going to, I don't know, I'm going to be called in 20 minutes time and I can just watch other people do their job. Yeah. And then it'll be me, and it'll probably be for a minute. I won't be needed that much. But then that's my little, like, addition to Tech Day. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved it. I like it as well. And it's generally a, a stage management thing where, like, stage management will get, like, loads of Haribo and it's on the yeah, tech yeah, table. Yeah. Yeah. Things like that I just really enjoy. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 Good. So there we are. That was me and Scott talking all things theatre and the work that Scott does in particular. Thank you so much for joining us. If you want to follow Scott, then he's on Twitter at le underscore crass. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, then I am at Sam underscore pout. And of course, please do follow The Stagey Place on all social medias if you want to keep up with all the episodes that we're releasing and listen to all the exciting episodes that have already been released as well. There's so many on there. But thank you very much for listening. As I said, whatever you're doing today, please do have a lovely day and I'll see you all later.